Father of God, as we get in the Word tonight, I, I'm asking you to just give me utterance in the Holy Ghost the way you showed me what it was you wanted me to minister on. It'll come out the way you said it to me in Jesus' name. Amen. Dr. Mary Frances Barala one time made a statement where she came in and she started talking about walking lights, walking lights. Now, you know, you could take that a lot of ways, but in the last few days, the Lord kind of brought that back up to me again. And uh, I want to talk about the days we're living in because a lot of people are asking the question, and rightly so, what are we supposed to be doing? What are we supposed to be doing right now? We all know what time it is. We all know the timetable we're in. We, we know that Matthew 24, when Jesus said, when you see these things, uh, my, my, your redemption draws nigh, it's close. I read in Jesse Duplantis' book the other day where he was there, Lord, was it over 10 years ago? And he said, you go back and tell him I'm coming soon. So we know that his return is imminent. We know it's soon. Exactly when, we don't know. But we live in the world. And the world is a very different place right now. A lot of people, they go on Facebook and they talk about the good old days. Let me help you with something. We ain't going back. There's no returning to that. And, and, and I, I know they were the good old days when we didn't wear helmets when we rode our bicycles and we, and we played on swing sets that were dangerous and we stayed out at night and we didn't lock our doors and no one ever broke in our houses. Those days are gone. Okay. But yet the world we're living in is, is well, it's just completely insane. And, and I was looking at an, uh, uh, a site on uh, uh, the internet the other day, there was 30 floods in the earth in one month. Major floods on the earth. And when I remember growing up, there might be one in 10 years. I remember when we had one tornado in 20 years. And it was like made the news. Now there's a tornado everywhere, you know, or something. There's an earthquake in the Philippines the other day, seven point something Richter scale. And now it's becoming to the point that it's just like nobody is even talking about it. It's happening so much. So the question is, what are we supposed to be doing? Going to church, singing Kumbaya. So I want to read a scripture to you from the book of Romans 13, verse 11. It says, and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. And from now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Walk and let us walk properly as in the day, not in reverie and drunkenness and lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, and put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. What a powerful scripture. He talks in here about walking in the armor of light. The world, and we'll get into this in a minute, is in darkness, and it's getting worse. We're going to read Isaiah in just a minute. But I mean, I mean they are in complete darkness. You and I are meeting people every day. They have no idea what's going on, and they have no idea what to do about it. I was reading earlier, and I may go over there later, talking about, I was listening to Kenneth Copeland preach while I was watching a, a, a site of his where he's doing a series on Noah and how Noah, because of his obedience, changed the world. 
Now, you think about his, he obeyed God, but Noah knew what to do. I want to say something to you right now. Just think about this. There might have been a lot of things that Noah could have been doing, none of them of any importance except the boat. I want you to think about that a minute. Lisa and I, I think it was last year, we were up in Tennessee. I had no idea how far that boat was up in Kentucky. We were just going to take a run up there and see it. It was like eight hours. We didn't do a run. It was an all-day trip. That's a big boat. Have y'all ever seen that? That Noah's Ark in Kentucky? It's huge. It's big. And um, I really enjoyed how all the animals got on it. And y'all do know that none of the animals were adults. I know y'all saw the, the the pictures of the children's books and the whole nine yards, and you know, and they didn't get in the bottom of the boat either. They came in another way. But but um but but Noah. in his day, had to be a light. And, and no matter what was going on and how important it was, nothing was more important than his assignment. Nothing is more important than your and my assignment. If we're not going to be light, we're going to lose a generation. You say, well, I don't know what to do. Well, you and I need to walk in the light. In Jesus was life, and the life was the light of mankind. When he stepped in the earth, he had a purpose. Samson had a purpose. Samuel had a purpose in the earth. And nothing mattered except them fulfilling what God wanted them to do. Same with you and I. Well, there might be a lot of stuff going on around us right now, but most of it is worthless. It means nothing because it's all going to be gone soon. I want to read another scripture to you. Let me see if I'm done with this one. Walk, okay. Therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Go to Isaiah 60 and as you do, I want to make a statement to you. Light and walking with God has to become a choice that you make. It has to become a choice that you make. There's a lot of good things you can do, worthless. Don't mean a thing. What is it you're doing right now? that's going to matter in a hundred years from now. You need to make sure that what you are doing right now matters. Mary Fran said this to Justin, and I've told it to many people before. We don't realize how important our presence is to people and our families. Our presence I could, I could just share a little bit about my life right now. The other day during my birthday, um, Cody, my grandson, stood up here, and he said something that he, I need to reiterate. And um, it's, it's, it's important for you to hear what I'm fixing to say. I told my family one time, I said, you know, I appreciate all the stuff y'all think's important. But, but you're here because of your grandfather. Che and Ashley are here today and living for God because of me. Cody and Tyler and Rachel and Reagan are here and born again because of me. This church is here because I obeyed God. God doesn't have a pastor for every city. He, there's a shortage of pastors. You may think, well, if I'm gone, he has another one. He, he, he doesn't. There's more cities than there are preachers. 
doesn't owe this city anything. Lisa and I could have said no. We could have quit, and we didn't. We could have died and didn't quit and didn't. And the same thing could be said about you. A lot of things that have happened good in your family because you obeyed God. Some of you, all your kids are saved because of you. Some of you, your husband is saved because of you. You, many of you sitting here have had an impact, a good one, on the earth that you live in. And had it not been for you. I mean, you can't just sit back and say, God had it all. No, that's as Baptist as, as it can get, and it's not true. God went into your world. You are. You're the one making the impact that you're making. And you need to keep making it. So Cody got up and started talking about it. He said, he said, guys, we wouldn't be here. Well, you know, it's amazing how Papa and Nana don't mean much until everybody's in trouble. And then our phone rings off the wall. I mean, we're kind of like, I mean, there's parties that I didn't get invited to. But when they get in trouble, they call. I'm in trouble, and now we need to get a hold of you. And, 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 and we get them in the living room and get them born again and filled with the Holy Ghost and healed by the power of God. And Amen. But, but our obedience has had an impact. We're going to talk about your impact that you're going to have for the rest of your life. That's where we're going tonight. Your light, you need to make sure that whatever happens to you right now, that light keeps shining. You need to be a light everywhere you go. You need to be a light in your family right now. I mean, they need to, when they see you walk in the house, they need to thank Jesus. You, have, you need a reputation. Grandma's here. Oh, my God. Everybody put the, put the magazines up and turn the TV off. Grandma's here. My God, she won't put up with any of that mess. And you need to stay that way because, because they're going to do everything in their power to screw their life up. But, you, but you've got a hedge built around them and you've got a light in their life and you've got your prayers around them and they're not going to go to hell on your watch. And it's because you have chosen to be a light. You ought to own the room you walk in. You ought to own the house you walk in. You ought to walk in and every devil dive right out of the windows and go, we'll be back later. <laughs> Isaiah 60, verse 1. Arise and shine, for your light has come. He's talking here. He's talking here about the church in the last days. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you. His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Say, that's me. It is you. You know, I, I'm going to brag on this church just a little bit, just a tad, please, just let me do it. I've had people leave the church and come back later and say, there's not another one out there. there I don't know if there is or not. I'm not I, I haven't left in a long, long time. But I've only telling you what people have said. And, and they said, we went looking. And it don't exist. Now, there are out there, but I'm not going to tell y'all where they are. Because y'all are going to go try to find them. <laughs> but really, to tell you the truth about it, churches that are preaching the Word of God, preaching redemption, preaching righteousness, preaching who you are, preaching the authority of the believer over the devil. Let me tell you something. Satan, listen, if you, if you walk into church and not preaching on the authority of the believer, the devil's running that church because he's not going to tell on himself. If you don't understand the devil, watch Washington. There's a lot of things you don't say in Washington like, like the election was stolen. Never mind. Get in big trouble in Washington, D.C. for saying stuff like that. The FBI be at your door, you know. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Now think about this. He said in the church in the last days, he, you and I are here for one reason and one reason only. We're to be a light in this generation. They need Jesus. They need truth. They need the gospel. They need it. And God has no other way to get it to them except through people. He doesn't have this special person coming along to help everybody. You're it. You be the special person. Everywhere you go, you ought to make an impact. Every job I've ever worked, people have gotten born again. Every job I've ever had, I've made people glad and mad. Not on purpose. Didn't do it on, didn't wake up in the morning and go make someone mad today. I had a boss named Larry one time. He was into porn. He died at 40 years of age and went straight to hell. But I'm going to tell you this. He will not stand before God and say, I didn't know. Because he told me to shut up often. And where I worked, many of the men came and sat down on concrete blocks and said, tell us what it is you have. We want to know. You're not like anybody we've ever met. I said, it's Jesus. And they said, talk to us. Now, I'm going to tell you something. That's light. That's light. When sinners are asking you about God, you're, you're doing something right. If anybody wonders whether you're saved or not, you need to crank the, the light up. They need to know there she is or he Lift up your eyes all around and see, for they gather together, they come to you. Your sons will come from afar, and your daughters will be nursed at your side. You shall see and become radiant. Your heart will swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned into you, and the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The multitude of camels shall cover your land. In the last days, God has left his church here in the earth for the very simple reason that everybody, the darker it gets out there, the more your light is seen. I love to watch the images from the outer space of America at night. You can see a porch light from outer space. You can't see a house in the daylight, but at nighttime, you can see every single light in the U.S. And where no one lives, you can see no one's there. It's amazing how powerful light is. Amen. So it talks, so anyway, go, go, go now to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. I'm just getting cranked up here. I ain't even got started in my sermon yet. I know you're good, but I'm not. 1 John chapter 1. Verse 5. This is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and we're walking in darkness, we lie and we are not practicing truth. Can I use a word tonight that will scare you? holiness. It's time for the church to draw near to God because without you walking with him, you don't have a light. The moon, the Bible calls the moon the light at night, a second light. You know it's not a light at all. It's a rock. Why does the Bible in the book of Genesis call the moon the light at night? Because the moon is looking at the sun. To the degree 
that it can see the sun, you can see it. You see, God is the light, and you're the moon. And you're brightening up everything at night as long as you can see God. The world needs you to stay in fellowship with God. Because without it, they can't find God without finding him through you. You must, you must stay lit. So let's read it. I'm not done yet. I'm just getting started. This is the message we heard from him and declared to you, God is light. In him is no darkness at all. If we say, I have fellowship with God, and you're walking in darkness, you're lying and not practicing the truth. If we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The blood works as long as you're fellowshipping with God and one another. So how important is your holiness to your life? Very. Every man of God that ever did anything, no matter how anointed they were, Smith Wigglesworth, Charles Finney, Billy Graham, it doesn't matter. You mention their name, and you know that you know that you know they were separated under God, or they would not have had the influence and the power that they had. So the light is dependent on how close you walk with God. Not that you're, not that you're saved. Not that you're born again, but that you're actually in fellowship with God. Samson, powerful man of God, until he broke consecration and he lost it. David, he got back right. Saul, he did not. A lot of people fail. Smith Wigglesworth backslid one time. He said he couldn't stay backslid and married to Polly <laughs> and his wife because of her love for God and him. And he came back, became a mighty man of God. Let me tell you something, there's still hope for people. But he never did anything for God. Plumbing. Good plumber. Not one soul got saved. He started off as a boy getting people born again. And he lost it, walked out of the light, stepped out of fellowship with God. A lot of people brag about, well, I'm saved. And we're going to talk in a minute about hearing God, hearing God. I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to hear him. You're not spending time with him. It's not enough to say, I'm saved. I read my Bible, blah, blah, blah. Not enough. Let me read on. Let me read on. If we walk in the light... As he's in the light, verse 7, we have fellowship with one another, not just God. And the blood of Jesus' son cleanses us from all sin. If we say, I don't have any sin, you're deceived. Truth's not in you. That's if you're, that's if you're out of fellowship. But if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to cleanse you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That means, that means you say, I missed it. We'll go back and get it right. it And make it right. How often do you need to do that? More than you might think. More than you might think. So when the light goes out, go back and find out what happened to it. What happened to my light? What happened to me? The devil's a slick little character. There's only one Christmas movie I really, 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 really like, and that's The Grinch. <laughs> but even The Grinchy got born again. When they, he heard them praying in tongues around the Christmas tree. <laughs> Yahudore has to be tongues. I've looked it up. There's no English word, Yahudore. It is praying in the spirit. Isn't that the coolest thing? I mean, that just, wouldn't that be fun to make a movie like that and just, you know, the new one that they did, I'm impressed that they put the song in there, God rest you merry gentlemen. 
and they sang it through. I don't know what Christian pulled that off, but somebody on fire for God did that. Because that's a fantastic cartoon, and it is full of the gospel. Schultz was a Christian. Yeah. Anyway, if we say, I don't have sin, you make him a liar, and the word's not in you. But my little children, these things I write to you, that you may not sin. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus the righteous, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, not ours only, but the whole world. By this we know we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know God, I know him, and doesn't keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. And whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know we're in him. He who says, I abide, ought himself to walk as Jesus walked. Right now the world needs Jesus and of you. They'll see Jesus in you, or they won't see Jesus at all. That's quite a statement. It's time for us to crank it up. How many of y'all ever used the old lanterns that you had to pump them? You remember those things? Now, they got the new ones now. You got the little gas thing. The way you know it's done, it just goes and dies. Okay, then you better find you another can. But back when I was a kid, you had the kind you put the white gas in and you put the thing in. Well, you, the, 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 the light would be on. And if you're in camp and you can't see anything on the picnic table, the lantern is sitting there and you can see it, but it's not illuminating even the picnic table until you walk up and pick it up and start pumping it. Now, I'm going to show you how to do that. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And it just, it just gets brighter and brighter. It didn't need more gas. It didn't need more fire. It just needed a whole lot of pumping. Okay, never mind it. That's, we'll wait. We'll do that on Sunday morning. So let me finish reading. Brethren, I'm writing no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you've had from the beginning, the old commandment in the word which you heard from the beginning, a new commandment I write to you, which is true. I want to jump down to verse 11. He who hates his brothers in darkness and walks in darkness and doesn't know where he's going. And a lot of people right now, the, the, the hatred in the world is off the chart. Christians mad at one another, off the chart. Don't let it happen to you. Go to Revelation chapter 2, verse 1. Now I get to begin my sermon. Chapter 2, verse 1. The angel of the church at Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks in the middle of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, you cannot bear those who are evil. You have tested those who are apostles and are not and found them liars. You know, there's men of God out there that aren't. Okay, thought you might want to know that. All right. You have persevered and had patience and have labored for my namesake and not become weary. Isn't that a good lineup? I mean, he's bragging on them pretty good. That's, it, that's a good church by, by American standards, by world standards. They don't tolerate sin. They don't tolerate false prophets. They don't tolerate liars. They want the word. They're patient. They persevere. They never quit. They keep going. That's pretty good, right? Well, look at his next statement. Now, I'm a, I got I to I gotta say this. I've always disliked this verse. I've never enjoyed reading it. I don't like it. And I'm going to show you why in a minute. Because it's confusing to me. Y'all got scriptures you read and go, I don't like that. This is one of mine. It was until the Lord showed me what it meant. Sometimes you've got to ask him, what is it you meant when you said that? 
Now listen to what he says here. Nevertheless, after all the good he said, I have this against you. You left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or I'm going to come to you quickly and remove your lampstand. And I'm thinking to myself, unfair. Unfair. This is a good church. And they're not acting like they did when they first got saved. And I read this one day, and I said to the Lord, I don't know how to do and act the way I did when I was 22 and got saved. I have no idea how to go back to my first love. I'll come over here and preach. Y'all look at me like a dog in a new bowl. And it aggravated me to read this scripture. You know, I remembered, but you know what? I had a first love, but to be honest with you, I was fruity. I would pick up strangers on the highway because I thought I had to. And after a while, I realized I ain't never picking nobody else up that are hitchhiking. You can just walk, by God, walk, you bum. You know, so there's a lot of dumb things I did, but I, but I, I, can't, I can't fathom going back and acting the way I did then. I would hope that I'd matured some. Maybe I'm not as crazy as I was, but I'd like to believe that at least you're proud of that. But now you, go, you just rode right here. You're going to shut the whole church down. I'm taking your candle. I'm taking the anointing off of you. I'll find somebody else to pastor that church. And I'm like, I don't like this scripture. So I did what I always do. I asked him what it meant. And then he made a statement to me, and, and, and I'm going to share with you a little bit of his and my, my revelation of what first love is. Yeah, this, this, this statement actually happened about two or three weeks ago when I was praying about this scripture. And the Lord spoke to me, and I, and I said, I, said I, I don't understand what it is you're saying. And he said these to me. He said, you don't sing like you used to. And I went, okay, I got that. You know, I read, I pray, I study, I preach. But I used to sing all the time. I got fired for singing one time <laughs> at work. I used to sing so much, people would just holler at me. I, when I worked at, at Philip Crosby and Associates, do you remember that? Do you remember that? They put me out in the hall. They put my desk by the elevator. And, and I, and I got to tell you this with my heart, and y'all won't believe what I'm going to say, but I never consciously started singing. I just would. I had the instructor come out one day, and I'm out there singing. I don't, I'm just working, and, and, and I just started singing. And he came out, and he, and I'm outside in my desk, and he comes out and opens the doors and says, do you mind? And I went, what? The singing. I said, is it bothering you? He says, the whole class. And it just kind of dawned on me. People have said I have a loud voice, and, you know, and I'm just out there singing what a friend I have in Jesus, and I'm overriding everything he's saying. <laughs> what a friend I have in Jesus. And I, and I tried to quit. They finally moved me out by the elevator and had two doors between me and the class. They, fired, they finally fired me, and I know why. Singing. <laughs> Too much. You get fired for singing. God loves you. But the other day, I was sitting in my, in, in, in my living room, and the Lord said, you don't sing. I went, okay. When I first got saved, I went and found a Baptist hymnal and sat in the living room and, and sang every song I could remember the melody 
This is my Father's world, and to my listening ears. And I would just go through the Baptist hymnal and try to remember every song I ever heard when I was a kid. And I did that all day long. That's first love. That's first love. I said, well, I read, and I pray, and I study. He said, but you quit singing. I said, I got that. So Justin put a thing on my phone called Spotify. <laughs> and what was the one I was listening to the other day? What's the man's name, the worship guy? Chris Tomlin. See, I don't like everybody that's out there. There's a lot of guys singing, and I go, and I go to the next song. <laughs> that's a bunch of junk. I ain't singing that mess. Listen, when I, 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 I quit singing country music because I got tired of crying in my beer. I'm not going to sing Christian songs where I'm crying in my beer my, or my communion element, whatever. I ain't crying. So, so, so I finally just, and I found Chris, and Chris and what's her name singing Noel. I sang it 10 times the other night, one right after. And then my precious wife, bless her heart, I have those little red things that, that, um, uh, Robert bought me. The, they vibrate in your, they go over your ears and it picks up my phone, whatever it does. You just hit the button and it, and, and I can hear the music. She can't, but she can hear me singing. And, and I can, t and she walks by and looks at me and goes, and I'm over there just bellering like a donkey in a barn, boy. But I'm having fun and nobody can hear anything I'm hearing, but they can hear me, you know. I'm having a ball, just sitting in the living room, sing, just singing. And then he gave me that scripture. He says, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Let me tell you something. If you're going to be a light in the world, you're going to need to sing. You're going to need to learn how to sing again. So that was the first lesson he told me about first love. Now, here's the second one. Are you all ready? This one's brutal. The media. You know something I do every day as of today? I'm quitting as of today. There is not a day that has gone by that I haven't kept up with Israel. The war. I can tell you everything going on. Flooding of the, of the um, tunnels and the Hezbollah. And, and I'm, I mean, I've even watched what some of the generals in America think of the war. And I mean, I'm on top of it. You would think that that would please God. It doesn't. But he made a statement to me today, and, and i got to tell you how it, how it started. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to, you see, sometimes when I'm studying, I'll get bored, and I'll get my phone out, and I'll see what's happening in Israel, and Syria, and Lebanon, and Ukraine, and it's, it's just, it's, it's a thing. We're not talking sin, but we are going to call it what it is. It's a distraction. You don't need, you need to watch what you're spending your time on. Something, Noah, what was going on in the world didn't matter. All that mattered was the boat. I got six more amens. I need six more amens when I'm going. So today I'm listening to Hezbollah and I'm listening to Amir Safasi and I'm listening to a CBN. All of it really good stuff. And then Willis, hello Willis if you're watching, he sent me something on the Georgia Bulldogs because Bama beat them the other day. Oh, yeah. 
And uh, I sent him a thing congratulating him, and he sent me something on the, on the coach of the Bulldogs talking to the guys about Jesus. Good coach, really good man of God. They praise with them, those guys on fire for God. And, and, and this is my take on it. If they're going to get beat by anybody, it'll not be Gators. <laughs> we ain't having no dinosaur beat no dog. That's saying that dog go hunt. Anyway. But, but Bama, you know, I, I, can, I can handle that. Bama's always been a good team. But anyway, he sent that to me. But, but the next thing you know, I'm watching a cowboy movie. Now, don't look at me in that tone of voice. What, who told you to look at me like that? I mean, not the whole movie, but just, you know, I'm over there on YouTube, and I'm watching the Hezbollah, and I'm watching something, and I'm living for Jesus. The next thing you know, I'm watching the cowboy. Anybody in here ever get distracted, and you're supposed to be praying, and the next thing you know, you're on your phone. Yes. <laughs> and the Lord said, number two. Turn it off. You don't need all that. And I'm like, oh, that's what you're talking about. You left your first love. Now, this is what he said to me. Now, don't, He said, how much TV did you watch from the time you got born again and moved to Orlando? Not one show. I nixed it. I'm not, I'm not saying you have to be a Pentecostal. I'm not saying you never watch Pride and Prejudice. But I am going to say something to you. You want to hear from God, you're going to draw near God. And you're going to turn the world off. He said, because you left your first love. It, it isn't that the church is being immoral, but we've lost the light. He said, I'll take the anointing right out of your church. I'll, I'll go find somebody else. It, are y'all out there? Did you go home? There's, there's way too much of this world in our souls. Even, I mean, even if it is the war. It's, there's nothing good going to come out. Of, when you need to hear from God, it don't matter what's happening in Gaza. It's good preaching, isn't it? Yeah, because right now, for people who are going to be walking lights, you're going to walk with God, and you're going to spend, you, that means turn the world off, spend the time with him you need to spend, and don't leave the throne room until you're where you need to be in God. We're talking about getting your priorities back where they're supposed to be. That's first love. Now the scripture makes sense. It isn't that what we're doing is so almighty immoral. It's just stupid. Not a mountain of hill of beans. Too many Christians can't hear God's voice because all they got in their ear is the world and everybody wants a piece of your time. Lynn Hammond said one time, when she goes to pray, she would get in the car, drive in the back, drive out of the, of the garage, lower the garage door. The whole family would think she was gone, lay in the back seat under a blanket and pray so people would leave her alone. That's pretty radical. Maybe it's time to get a little radical. Amen. Boy, I'm preaching. I told you I'm just now getting started. Remember from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works or I'm going to come quickly and remove your lampstick unless you repent. But this you have, you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I hate. You know what the deeds of the Nicolaitans are? It's a group of people that said, because you're born again, it doesn't matter how you live. That was a doctrine during their day. Because you're a new creation in Christ. It doesn't matter. This was the first greasy grace message. <laughs> this is not something America came up with. Now, Lisa said this to me one day, and, and I said, you know, I, I, she said, Sunday was refreshing. 
I said, well, do you, do you think that, you know, I'm, I'm preaching on, on righteousness? And she said, honey, nobody would ever accuse you and tell you you don't preach on live right enough. I said, oh, okay. But you know what? In the world we're living in, my God. Let me, let me stop right here. And I, I got to... When, when, when you're reading, when you're reading your Bible, I know you want to read all the, have you ever thought about reading the part where husbands, how to be a better husband? You ever thought about doing that? You ever thought about studying how to be a better husband? You ever thought about studying what the Bible has to say about being a wife? It says that the younger, the older women should teach the younger ones. Because we have girls now. They, are, they don't know anything about getting married. They, they don't know how to cook. Half of them don't know how to clean. They don't know God. They don't know their body. And they're getting married. Don't shout me down. Now here's my third one. Has it ever dawned on us as parents that maybe we ought to do a study on how to raise godly children? What does the Bible actually say about, because it's not the school's job. It's not the church's job. It's yours. It's your number one job. Uh, Boy, I got a lot I could say about that, but I got to stop. What what caused me to think like this for a minute, and let let me go down this road. Lisa and I have interactions with a lot of people, and I, and I use the ones that don't go to this church because I don't want you out there going, now who's he talking to? If you want to know, ask Teresa. She knows everything going on in the church. I don't know everything going on. She knows everything going on in the church. When we were talking to a young lady one day, I was, about her daughter. And her daughter, Lisa, had led her daughter to the Lord and got her filled with the Holy Ghost. And we went back and started talking to her daughter, the church, and, and, and the daughter said, let me just tell you something. I'm the mother. And I thought, not a good one. The, the girl's never been disciplined. Whatever she wants to eat, she, whatever she wants. The, the whole, this woman's love walk is give the kid whatever the kid wants, that's love. The kid is spoiled and undisciplined to the max, and she's entering adulthood. I mean, we've missed it majorly in the church. We really need classes how to teach your kids. There's another scripture I'm going to read to you in a minute. It says, exercise unto godliness. It's like going to the gym. You need to make up your mind you are going to the gym, and then you need to make up your mind that you really are going to do it. And then when you make up your mind you really are going to do it, you need to have days you really do go. No matter what is going on, you really do need to go, and you need to set a goal that you are going to exercise. You understand? You have to make a goal that you are going to do something with your body. Do you understand that? Well, the Bible says you have to exercise unto godliness. That means you have to set aside a certain amount of time every day and work on areas of your life that are out of order. Attitude, uncorrectableness, Pride, stubborn. Nobody can tell you nothing. I don't know. Maybe I'll do a series. I'm, I'm hoping I don't shrink the church. I mean, I don't know. I mean, just should I do it on a Wednesday? Because everybody Wednesday, y'all aren't the, y'all aren't the issue. Y'all are the exception. The ones I want are the Sunday morningers. 
Are y'all out there? Did you go home? I'm being serious right now. The stuff that, that and that's why I gave it all to Teresa, because y'all stuff, I don't want to know. I don't want to preach on families and you sit out there going, he's talking to me right now because that's what him and I talked about in his office. I don't want to know what's going on. I don't want to know what's going on in your life. But the things that I've had to deal with with people, I, I know pastors. I know them by name. And their kids have never been disciplined. Pastoring churches. And every one of them fell away from God. Everyone, and they're calling on, we need prayer. And I'm going, you know, 25 years late, son. This is not something you pray about. This is something you do daily while they're growing up. And my boy, I just went way overboard right now. The church needs to exercise. Right now in the world we're living in, the world we're living in, we don't need to look, walk, and talk and act like they do. And it's getting more difficult because righteous people are considered Amish. We're weirdos. You don't do what? No, we don't. Guys at work asked me about my sex life when I was single. I said, what's sex life? And then went, no, give me that. And I went, no sex life. Well, the world is like, no sex life? No, we're not married. <laughs> you lost your mind. No, I have the mind of Christ. Amen. I mean, the things we do, and you know, I understand. Lisa and I watch the cowboy movies where they have the, where the Mennonites, is that the, always the weird people, the weird. And they're always legalistic and mean. And we don't want to look like a Mennonite or an Amish or a weirdo. We don't want to look like that. But when people ask us about the way we live, we ought to just stand up and go, we don't do that. No, we don't talk like that. We don't think like that. We don't go there. We don't need to. But what do you do for fun? Pray in, pray in the Spirit and go to church and run aisles and jump pews and go jet skiing or deer hunting or something else, you know what I mean? We go, it isn't like we're, it isn't like we're dead. Let me tell you something. If you're looking for a husband, he ain't in the bar. If you're looking for a wife, she ain't there either. You don't want that. You know, well, I'm going to get them saved. <laughs> really? You need to ask some women in our church about that. It don't work. Matter of fact, after they get, after they get married, they get worse. Okay, never mind. That's enough of that. I'm going to change. I'm going to change tunes right now. Ephesians 4, 8, 18. Ephesians. How are we doing for time? Oh, my God, we're doing good. Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's first love. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all thanks to God the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. That takes time. That takes time. But time is what you have. Time well spent. Don't quit wasting your time. Let's do another one here. Um, I think that's what I want. I'm not sure. No, go to 1 Timothy 4. Let's go back to what I just was talking about. I'm going to read it to you so you can see it in your Bible. 4-7. Reject profane and old wives' fables exercise yourself toward godliness. Really? Absolutely. 
the Lord brought this back up to my mind. He said, how many movies did you watch after you got saved? I said, none. I didn't have time. I was too busy doing something else with my life. Now, all those things I'm talking about aren't sin, but they are worthless. They're worthless. You can sit at home if you want to, but going to the gym is profitable. Brother Hagen made a statement. He said, there's one thing that I wished I had done is taken better care of my body. I can't always get to the gym, but I have learned that you can do squats at home without weights. It's called get down, come up, go down, come up, go down. Do it about 20 times. You'll think you went to the gym. I got a pair of dumbbells in my office in there. I'm not talking about the kids. I'm not talking about Justin and Josh and Jordan. I'm talking about the kind that you put in your, you lift up like this. And I can go in my office and just pick them up and just work them for a while. You, you, can, you can do something with your body. And you have to do something with your spirit. Or you're going to get to the place to where you're not going to be effective at all. People know when you have not been with God. They know you have not been with God. John G. Lake, I think Lisa can correct me if I think it was John G. And I think he was talking about Dowie. And he walked in a meeting one day and John Alexander Dowie was preaching. And he turned to a man and said, I remember the day when that man rocked my soul. Something's wrong with his walk with God. He has a crowd, but he is not where he was. Every one of us in this room, and I'm talking even about myself, you can get real busy doing all the right stuff and not be doing the stuff you really need to be doing. And Justin and I have talked about this. When you get to the place to where you're not hearing God, you're not sensitive to the things of God anymore, you're not hungry for God anymore, you need to pull away. You need to get alone, get full. Because the world needs you on fire. They need you to be on fire for God. Let me see, I think I have one more scripture. Yeah, that's it. Matthew 24, 37, put it on the screen. I'm just, I'm going to quote it and that's it. This is talking about Noah. Noah reached his generation. But the only thing he did was build a boat. But the only thing he did was what God told him to do. The only thing you need to be doing is what he told you to do. You don't need all the other stuff that you're doing. It's wasting your time. There's a lot of stuff we do. The Bible says, come out of the world. Samson, Samson, mighty man of God. But he was a Nazarite, consecrated and separated unto God. That's where the power came from. Until he got to liking the ladies. You lost the power. Samson is a type of the church. I believe before Jesus returns, Samson will get his hair back. I think that we will have to get tired of playing games with the world. Your job should not be number one. Most Christians it is. Their priorities are completely, completely wrong. Then after that, it's your spouse or the children if you're a mother. Most women put the children above the She had the children, the husband, he ain't worth a nickel. He's the one who caused all this trouble anyway. And just take care of the kids right now until, folks, all of that stuff gets completely out of order. That's the way the world does things. 
right this minute, the world is messed up. And they need you. They need you. So I'm going to close with this story. I think it's my last story, I think. I told it to you one time before, but I'm going to tell it to you again. When I work construction, every day I'm, I have a, had a regiment, a very strict one, and I mean it wasn't being legalistic, but I just loved it. I would go eat lunch. I'd listen to R.W. Schambach. I'd read Brother Hagen, pray in the spirit and take a nap and eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a glass of tea and go to sleep. And every morning I woke up, prayed in the spirit and read my Bible and just stayed in good close fellowship with God. And even though I worked a secular job, it never became the number one. So one day I'm on the hospital down on iDrive and I'm standing on a ladder and they sent me down to the hospital. You remember I'm telling you about my boss that didn't? They would always send me to do jobs alone. Because nobody wanted to hear about Jesus. Well, they'd ask me a question. The answer is Jesus. What do you think of the football game? Jesus. Never mind. <laughs> a lot of the questions they did, the answer was Jesus. So I'm standing on a ladder, and I'm, I'm, I'm cutting this, this header over my head. And this guy walks up and says, he's just staring at me. And I'm like, are you okay? And he said, you're glowy. And I said, it's concrete dust, son. It's concrete dust. He said, no, you glow. He said, you're a Christian, aren't you? I said, I am. He said, you're a spirit-filled Christian, aren't you? I said, I am. He said, I'm a heroin addict. I need Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. When you got so much light coming out of you, they see you through concrete dust, and they can see that you're full of God. You're doing something right. Everywhere I have ever been in my life, and you can ask Lisa, her and I go through this now, we've never been anywhere that we don't sit around a kitchen table and minister to somebody. You get full of God, God will have, I mean, you can't go anywhere that you're not sharing the word. People are getting born again, filled with the Spirit. Lisa picks up the nephews and the, they pick her up at the Nashville airport. And by the time she gets to Cookville, they're speaking in tongues. <laughs> we just knock them off one by one. We just, and we go up there and find out where everything's going on, all the juicy gossip, and then we get in the camper and pray. Pray over this kid and pray over that kid and pray over this one. Next thing you know, Justin's over there praying over all kind of people too. Amen, guys. Say, I am a walking light. Everywhere I go, I'm a light in my world. That's what we're supposed to be doing right now. We're just supposed to be lightened. I had a businessman. I sat down at lunch with him one day here in Apopka. And he said, what is it with you? I said, what's that mean? He said, you don't act like anybody I ever met. I said, is that good or bad? He said, it's actually pretty good. I said, well, that sounds like God to me. He said, I kind of thought that's what you're going to say. He said, my father-in-law's a pastor, but nobody I know acts like you. That's a compliment. When you're walking in the Spirit and almost every other word out of your mouth is prophetic, you get with people and you know what's going on in their life and you can stop them and go, well, by the way, let's have a talk about this situation. And they're going, all right then. Well, I'm done. Wilson, I'm, I'm six minutes early. What do you think I should do about that? Are you all ready to pray? <clears throat> I want you to take to heart what I said tonight about first love. <clears throat> it isn't that the church is being bad. It's that we are wasting a lot of time on non-important stuff. Father God, tonight... 
I felt in my heart to walk in this church and talk about what you taught me about first love. And what you talked about us being light in the world we're living in. We often sit here in a popkin and say, what good are we doing? Well, there's a city out there right now. There's people everywhere we go. They need you. Everywhere we go, we need to be aware of the anointing of God on us. We need to be aware of the word of God that we have in our heart. We need to be ready for the world. We need to also spend the time every day drawing near you. Turn the phone off. Turn TV off. Turn everything off that's not producing anything at all. And get back to where we can hear your voice again. And ready for the world we live in. There's people out there right now, they need, they need us. We need to show up ready. You said they that are led by the Spirit of God. We, we may not know that, who they are or where they are or what they need, but you do. We just need to be spiritually ready when they show up. I pray that as a body of believers, we would take that to heart. There's people will be in heaven because we obeyed God. We'll be able to look back and say, my life counted. And just like Noah, he only had one job assignment, and he did it. And he saved the whole world because of it. Maybe we only have one job assignment. It's an important one. We need to do it. And whatever's hindering us, if there is sin, and we've lost our light, I pray that we would use 1 John 1, 9 and get back where we needed to be. We give you the praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I love every one of y'all. Y'all are awesome. You go be light. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.